I'll, what does that say about me, though? Because I only got into 40K, like, five years ago. Yeah, it's fine. You didn't start smoking until you were 26, too. Also true. <laughs> heap of junk in new york city i'm your host shane and i'm your host ishan and welcome to episode 87 of total party thrill a podcast for game masters and players where we discuss our campaigns in order to inspire yours in this episode we're back in time and light years away to the star wars campaign setting but first the rogue traders prove too clever for their own good in the dynasty unwarranted campaign and later george washington saves the children but not the british children in the character creation forge so just another reminder, TP t-shirts are available on TeePublic, and as of this week, we noticed someone bought a mug and notebooks. So we're expanding the purview, yeah. I suppose. Our merch is growing. Someone's going for a theme. <laughs> yes. An entire room decked out in TPT dice party hat. No one has bought a 16 by 16 canvas print of our logo yet, but I'm still holding out hope. Maybe we should put up uh, a picture of just our faces. Those will probably be bought. I mean, T Public's website might just crash, though. <laughs> with all the pretty. With No, with the DDoS attacks to remove it. <laughs> uh, Russia! <laughs> anyway, if, if you have bought any of our stuff from T Public, uh, please let us know on Twitter or Facebook so we can thank you. And, slash ridicule you um, and, and also well so we can see it because it's cool to see it out in the wild um and if you are the person who bought the mug or notebooks um please let us know what the quality is like when it arrives because we don't own either of those yet yeah they don't send them to us yeah we don't get freebies <laughs> <laughs> i had to buy my shirt <laughs> which means ishan made like a dollar fifty yes <laughs> uh, another thing that came up this week or came to our attention this week is a new podcast featuring Keith Baker, naturally focused on Eberron, called The Manifest Zone. There are three other hosts. It looks like it's going to be monthly. Only the first episode is out thus far. Uh, it's just an introduction to what the podcast is going to be about, You know who the hosts are. As with any new podcast, there are some audio issues, which we're sure will be worked out in the future. Uh, it looks like it'll probably be an audio version of Keith Baker's Dragon Marks podcast, where they sort of focus on one particular aspect of Eberron or like a nation or an organization and just talk it to death for an hour, which sounds amazing. Yeah, their their second episode is going to be focused on The Last War, which I am excited about because The Last War is the coolest part of Eberron, in my opinion. Like it's, it's what sets the whole awesomeness of the setting into motion. Is it because Brand was a war criminal? Uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, I think you've got cause and effect reversed. Fran was a war criminal because the last war was awesome. They let you do stuff. Anything you wanted. So the next episode is out next month, and we will keep you posted on what we think of it. And then last but not least in the shameless Shane self-promotion corner, I was on an episode of Detention from the RPG Academy, a, a Twitch live stream uh, this week. Um, so if you would like to find the replay of that, it's episode 13. It's available on Twitch or on YouTube, and there'll be a link in the show notes. 
Eventually, there'll be an audio-only version. It just takes a little longer for them to release those. Yeah, lucky number 13. Uh, I believe that was the same night I was editing all night. Yeah, you were editing all night, and I was playing goofy <laughs> improv games <laughs> with uh, with Matt Perotti and, uh, and Scott Brown from the RPG Academy. But I got that buck 50 from that t-shirt. Yeah, that's so true. I think we're square. All right, so Shane, where are we in the Dynasty Unwarranted campaign? So the Dynasty Unwarranted campaign is our rogue trader game that we played using... Dark Heresy 2nd Edition rules. This is a Warhammer 40k set game, so it is the grim darkness of the far future and the intrepid... Intrepid? Not intrepid. We're getting there. The incompetent uh, rogue trader crew of the His Enduring Light have arrived. (laughs) Uh, I mean, not arrived, arrived, but arrived (laughs) on a distressed Imperial Navy frigate. You did some scans, found the crew located in the armory and engineerium, and paid a visit to the armory first. Of course. It was locked. And so through the codifier terminal at the the bay door, you made contact with the people inside using an Imperial Navy code phrase, uh, like a code cipher. And, uh, and, and so you said, the Emperor protects. And then you received the wrong response. They said, yes, he does. And you were like... That's not how that goes, so those aren't the Imperials we're looking for. Right. Either the enemy or uh, Imperials under duress. Either way, we're not opening a door and walking into a trap. Yeah, so you kind of like jimmied the door shut and bounced. Uh, and then and then you had a debate on whether to even bother checking the Engineerium or whether to just scuttle the ship and bounce. Of course, if we don't check the Engineerium, like if we don't, rescue anything or anyone we don't get anything like we just showed up and then left and great now like our only lead for any money disappears truly the rogue traders dilemma yeah (laughs) plus you know maybe there's stuff in the engineering not weapons unfortunately but you know yeah gear and at no point did duty to the imperium cross your minds (laughs) Uh, what no that's always underlying right (laughs) everything that we do so anyway, you, you made your way to the Engineerium, and, and this ship is, you know, kilometers long, so that was uh, a little bit of a trek in and of itself. But you found the Engineerium and uh, made contact in a similar fashion using a codifier terminal, and as soon as you kind of get logged into the terminal and powered up, you receive a message. The Emperor protects. Ah. So... Archmilitant Draco, uh, who is leading this operation with a few armsmen and and the uh, command cadre of the crew, gets excited and says, only in death does our service end. The proper response. And so the Engineerium bay door slides open, revealing a massive dark chamber. Um, And and from within, you get the sounds of, like, breathing and, and, you know, lots of people within but dark powered down yeah this doesn't seem normal well then a voice over the laud hailer welcomes you and says to to come inside we're not complete idiots so we break out the stab lights you know glorified flashlights and the glow globes and we head in slowly Uh, well not too slowly you did have a guest player with you Oh, yeah, uh, this is the first time we met Sergeant Chaplain <laughs> Tyrus, one of your armsmen uh, who is being played by your friend, I think, who was in town for the, the evening. Yeah, my buddy Chris sometimes comes down and visits New York, and 
He drops in for a game. It always happens to be 40K, and uh, it never ends well for him. Mm -mm. It's almost like we write those games to kill his character at the end of it. And take his gear. And take his gear. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so you guys you guys go in and, and you're you're searching around, right? It's this massive chamber, and towards the back, as you kind of uh, get deep enough in and and where your your lights can stretch, you find the crew. Healthy. Nope. Oh, no. Nope. Healthy and happy. <laughs> not and that. <laughs> uh, glad mutilated. to see us. Money with money. Nope. Not. Nope. Uh, not even. It was scarcely clothed. Even uh, mutilated, stitched together into like a living grotesque, a writhing tortured mass of suffering humanity like way more complicated than a human centipede yeah and um in, in probably in worse condition i i don't think whoever did this was really worrying about let's just say it wasn't a doctor <laughs> the sterile field was not maintained uh and it's about this time that draco and trank realize that oh they've used that navy code cipher wrong yeah, it's about this time Draco and Trank realize we uh, walked into a dark room and into a trap. Yeah, yeah. One of your own devising, even. Because you gave them the code and then let them say it back to you. Yep. It's just, uh, you know, it's bad operational execution, if you ask me. Yep. Speaking of execution. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> we'll find out what happens next. <laughs> next week. All right, so this week we are continuing our series on campaign settings. Now, you may think you know Star Wars, but it is different when it is an RPG campaign setting. But for those of you who don't know, like the one of you maybe who don't know, or maybe you're nine years old and Amish and listening to our podcast. And having podcasts, mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Rum Springer comes early yeah, sometimes. I guess. <laughs> on leap years. Shane... What is Star Wars? Um, it's like the worst version of Firefly. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or like the better version of Star Trek? No, no, I'm afraid not. <laughs> okay, all right, now we got to have this out. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Episode over, next. <laughs> so long ago in a galaxy far, far away. It's basically, you know, your soft science fiction, space western, Aliens galore, magic, and this, like, huge history. Oh, my God, so much history. But you can mostly ignore that because all the cool stuff that happens in Star Wars is basically this period of conflict between the evil Galactic Empire and the plucky young upstarts, the Rebellion. Knights of the Old Republic was cool, right? Yeah, Knights of the Old Republic is fine, but that doesn't have as much lore built out around it. That's true. And wasn't it like 25,000 years prior for a while, and now it's like 5,000 years yeah, prior? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It keeps moving in time. <laughs> but, I mean, even if you're interested in, like, the Clone Wars and that stuff, right, like, that period just immediately precedes the Empire. So you're you're basically talking about the Imperial period of history in Star Wars when yeah. you're talking about the setting. Remember that it's Palpatine's story. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ultimately. Sheev, I believe. <laughs> All right. Just a boy named Sheev. <laughs> All right, so let's run through a bit of Star Wars history. Okay, so there were some movies uh, with this goofy dude with a terrible haircut and a beard named George Lucas. Maybe you've heard of him. Yeah, uh, lots of aliens with lousy costumes, desert planet, big murder ball in the sky. Right, but Okay, lousy costumes, but pretty sick special effects for the time in oh, terms yeah. of like, the ships. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, you know, this is the, the iconic crawl at the beginning to just throw your exposition on screen and you know jump right into the story i mean the movies are 
phenomenal, right? Especially the original trilogy, and then there's the prequels, and now Episode Seven. So you guys know all about the movies. Right. That, that's that's it. So okay, so now Tolkien was writing in like the 30s through the 50s, and then D and D shows up in the 70s. So 30 to 40 years gap between like the source material and the game coming out. How long did it take us to get a Star Wars RPG? Uh, eight years. Okay. <laughs> yeah, 1979 was when the first... 77. Oh, okay. Uh, ten years. <laughs> 1977 was when the first uh, Star Wars movie came out, A New Hope. And within ten years, West End Games had released the D6 version of Star Wars. And uh, like, it, it's really cool to look at this period of history because because it's such a big franchise, right? Like West End Games really developed so much of the lore of Star Wars just by themselves. And Bill Slavicsek, the the lead designer for it, worked closely with Lucasfilms to make sure that all this stuff kind of lined up. But things like Rodians and Twi'leks, which now like everyone knows what a Rodian is. Everyone knows what a Twi'lek is. You mean like, the names? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that didn't exist. And, and, and well, they come the, from Ryloth and it's tidally locked, even though that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, whatever. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but not just the names, but like what they are, right? Why are Rodians green bug people? Why do Twi'leks have these long head tails? They're called Leku. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All of these things were just created by West End Games to fill in the blanks in the movies, right? Because there was a lot of background source material in the movies that never got explained you know like the costume design for each individual alien which never matched uh meant that there was something there to mine for information and the role-playing game is really what did that um and actually there's a cool interview with bill slavicsack on never tell me the pods where he talks about what it was like to be at west end games in the in the late 80s you know working with lucas films and going to skywalker ranch to like figure all this stuff out and um, you know, like they commissioned the uh, the drawings for like schematics of ships and stuff. Yeah, it's like the Millennium Falcon just didn't exist. It was just a couple of sets until they sat down and like figured it out. Right. Where does stuff go? Yeah. How many bathrooms does it have? <laughs> One. <laughs> but it's size no, for wait, a Wookiee. Sorry, zero. zero. Uh, <laughs> it has a fresher. <laughs> it has an airlock. <laughs> So then by 2000, uh, West End Games had folded and Wizards of the Coast uh, acquired the license to Star Wars and they released the D20 Star Wars game, which was third edition D&D in Star Wars. Yeah. So it was familiar core mechanics, but uh, also garbage. So linear, scoundrels, quadratic, Jedi. Jedi, yeah. Then in 2007, Wizards of the Coast kind of figured it out and released Saga Edition. Yeah, this is still one of my favorite RPGs. Yeah, the they fixed all the mechanics of Star Wars, uh, but then made the book square. So yeah, they kind of stick out on your shelf. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a little strange. They stack nicely though. Fair. Uh, and then I think in 2010, Wizards of the Coast lost the license, and in 2012, Fantasy Flight Games released their series of Star Wars role-playing games, um, Edge of the Empire, Age of Rebellion, and Force and Destiny, which each focus on a different aspect of the Star Wars universe. So Edge of the Empire is like smugglers and bounty hunters and criminals. Age of Rebellion is soldiers and heroes of the rebellion. And then Force and Destiny is stupid space wizards. 
so fantasy flight system uses the goofy dice right like the the narrative dice basically mm-hmm. threat and advantage and triumph and despair not numbers and success and failure <laughs> <laughs> so ishan this is going to be a little bit of overkill probably for star wars because everybody knows star wars but let's give the you know thirty thousand foot view of the setting what, what broad history of it okay we're staring down at the galactic plane right uh well there was the old republic and the jedi uh, who kept order for thousands and thousands of years. And the Jedi are these hyper-disciplined uh, monk wizards, right? They're good at melee combat, but they also have, like, precognition, and they can move things with their mind. Or negotiate uh, contracts. With their mind. <laughs> uh, and also fight with, uh, you know, lightsabers, which are... Uh, Neon energy swords. Yeah, yeah. Here, in D&D terms... Sunblades. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a brilliant energy weapon uh, they wield the weave which is like the force right a an energy field that flows through all living beings then that helps them cast their magic powers there are lots of rules it's basically a religion for them which inevitably leads to their downfall over and over and over again yeah like jedi have a whole bunch of rules that they have to follow that none of them possibly can and then there's the sith who are evil jedi who use the dark side of the force which basically means they use it for evil quote unquote evil yeah i mean usually that just means it's like less dumb like more pragmatic uses of the force but whatever yeah i think you can really tell that like george lucas doesn't really understand philosophy or yeah right (laughs) because like if you're evil suddenly you're like cacklingly evil yeah (laughs) i will destroy the galaxy (laughs) yeah to to have power is to wield it terribly it's like wait what (laughs) so instead we have all of these people who we've determined are genetically preordained to have this magical ability let's make sure they can't have families yeah exactly and then have children who also can do the same thing also let's make sure they're all orphans right. because we're gonna steal them from their parents <laughs> that'll make them happy wait no happy's bad yeah happy is terrible you must be neutral in all things <laughs> anyway so sith and jedi fight sometimes but not actually as often as you might think like basically they fought like six times in history and they made movies about every time i mean it's a big freaking galaxy yeah yeah and there's like a thousand well like a few thousand jedi and like nine sith (laughs) and like seven of which are dead (laughs) so like anyway so uh yeah so as we alluded to the the crux of the story like the the impetus is uh sheev uh senator palpatine as you may know him palps as i like to call him palps decides to betray the republic uh from the galactic senate and through a convoluted series of events, would you say? Yeah, certainly convoluted. Trade wars, puppet disciples. Yeah, a lot of wagging the dog. Yeah. Lots of false flags. Anyway, yeah. So he turns the most powerful Jedi in the galaxy, Anakin Skywalker, to the dark side and then knocks over the Old Republic and forms Darth Vader and the Galactic Empire. And you know Darth Vader because he breathes funny and is voiced by James Earl Jones, who is awesome. That's right. And they basically become space Nazis. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a real heel turn. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because Palps is from uh, Naboo, right? Which has like the most exotic and exciting costumes in the like the most exuberant 
uh, right, kabuki, fashion. Kabuki queens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, and, and then like he's like, no, nope, f*** that. <laughs> Gray wool hats. Right, sackcloth. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> leather, leather boots, jack boots everywhere. <laughs> like, and God damn you if it's not pressed to a crease. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Palps becomes the emperor, kills all the Jedi except for Anakin. Uh, and all of the ones who were able to hide, who pop up every time the plot requires it. Right. Uh, yeah, for not having any living Jedi, God, there are a lot of subplots. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, so a bunch of people who were senators decide, hey, let's rebel. And they form the rebellion. The good guys. The good guys. Anyway, then, like, turns out Anakin Skywalker had twins. That he uh, didn't know about. Oh, that he thought were th- dead. That he thought were dead, yeah, because yeah, uh, they lied to him after he lost the high ground and got nearly killed by his master. That's right, and he doesn't have really force powers anymore, so he can't read minds and tell the people are lying to him. Yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, so all he can use his horse powers for is choking through TV sets. Yeah. So Luke, his son, grows up on this backwater planet uh, with two literally sons. a moisture farmer. Like we say, level zero dirt farmer. Like yeah. This is it. Yeah. He's farming water. Yeah. Uh, it from, sucks that bad <laughs> from from a desert. Right. Uh, so anyway, he becomes a Jedi, learns how to use the Force, foils his father's plans, uh, which uh, well, through in- the power of love. Yeah. Yeah. Well. And, I mean, he doesn't beat him in combat. But he does keep blowing up his super weapon battle stations. Yeah. Like, twice. So, there's that. Um, yeah, but, so, you know, the, the Empire's plans are cacklingly evil. They literally create a space station that can blow up planets uh, twice. And they do. Mm-hmm. You know, Alderaan shot first. That's almost certainly not true. <laughs> well, once once it went was remastered. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he he meets Han Solo, who you know as Harrison Ford, and Chewbacca, the large I think hairy. You know thing. him as Indiana Jones. Good point. Uh, and then his sister Leia, who he uh, has a brief turn of puberty with, and then uh, figures it out. Ultimately, he does turn his father back to the good side of the Force, and all is forgiven. Yeah, uh, you know, Anakin kind of uh, kills himself to destroy the Emperor, which it turns out all you have to do is throw him. Right. Yeah, he's a ground-type Pokemon. <laughs> Although, how much of the Emperor not being dead is still canon after the whole, like, revamp? Uh, after the whole Legends thing. So, the, oh, okay. The Emperor, was... Yeah, the Emperor is dead in current canon. Oh, As far okay. as I know. Yeah, he died down that. Uh, it's weird that, that he hole. would build a battle station, and I know it wasn't complete yet, so maybe there was some, like, scaffolding that hadn't been removed, uh-huh. but... It's weird that he would build the one thing that could kill him, the power core of a large battle station, right next to his throne room. Don't you think? I'm confused why he didn't have the levitate power. Uh, maybe he was it just so pretty low level. Well, oh, he was. He right. was. He was. You know what it was? He, he was, was stuck. He was stun locked while using force lightning, oh. and he couldn't get out of it. Right. He was already committed. His concentration was was committed. Yeah. And he had already used that force die. Uh, he blew it. Ugh. Anyway, Sheev. <laughs> yeah, so you she, are our only hope. Sheev dies. The emperor, the em, the empire falls around him, and then movie seven comes like thirty, 30 years, years later, later. Yeah, and everything's the same. Well, kind of. I, I mean, so the rebellion became the new republic, uh-huh. uh huh, and then the empire kind of consolidated into this hyper neo Nazi group called the First Order. Okay. Um. 
but then the the republic doesn't want to face the first order head on because they don't want to get into another war but oh. some of the new republic does want to face them head on and does want to get into a and war they become the resistance they become the resistance which is not the republic or the rebellion but is probably funded by the republic yeah okay and has so- the same the same you know particular uh heroes as the rebellion yeah okay so who's the main bad guy 30 years later is it a dude in like a dark mask where you can't see his face? Uh, yes. Uses force powers. Uh, yes. A terrible boss. Mm. You think you think Darth Vader was a bad boss? <laughs> uh, I mean, according to the SNL skits, yes. Uh, Kylo Ren is a horrible boss, and as far as I'm concerned, that's canon. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> And what is their cacklingly evil plan this time? Oh, they're going to build a super weapon that blows up planets. Ah, uh, okay. But it's not going to be a battle. It's not going to be a space station this time. They're just going to make a planet out of it. Okay. And it's going to blow up more than one planet at the same time. Yeah. So yeah. bigger. Bigger and better. Bigger and, ba- and better. Yeah. yeah. But also able to be disabled by a small and plucky group of infiltrators. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Including Han Solo. Yeah. <laughs> and Chewbacca. <laughs> been here before uh yeah anyway so i i mean kylo ren's character is is awful right but i kind of like him just because he's so clearly just trying to be his his uncle or his grandfather, grandfather or whoever yeah. yeah look it was it's exactly like darth vader he was super awesome until he took off his helmet and he went really you yeah you're not intimidating well yeah this but that sucks that's his thing though right is he's like he wants to be as intimidating and as great as vader and he he can't live up to it and I, he should someone should have shown him like a hollow of like what darth vader looked like under somebody that should mask. have spanked him <laughs> as a baby With a lightsaber yeah I, I mean it's just like no grow up get a job he did he got a job that's not a job. Leader of the First Order. That's not a job. It's a, or whatever his position. No. I don't think he's actually the leader. So you go down to McDonald's and you work for $14 an hour or whatever it is uh, for a few months. And you get some work ethic in you, boy. <laughs> you spend some time on Ryloth learning how to dance with Twi'leks. Yeah, I mean, that could have taken a dark turn. You but... know, it, look, it, it requires a lot of core strength. Okay, <laughs> yeah. And I think what he's lacking is core strength. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, so Kylo Ren... Han Solo's son. Uh, Wait, how much are we? Is this considered spoilers at this point? No, it's like gonna... three years old, and honestly, it's Star Wars. Like, come it's on. like one year old. It's like three years old. By the time this comes out, it'll be three years. Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, anyway, he he kills he kills his dad, and uh, and yeah, so we don't know what happens next. But there's some new heroes. You know, I think it wasn't the lightsaber that killed Han Solo. It was the fall into the reactor core. Because mm. I, I don't think just a simple lightsaber could kill Han Solo. But falls canonically kill anything, like Mario. Yeah, I, I mean, like, even an invincible Mario that falls down a pit dies. Yeah, that's true. And in every well, I don't know about D six, but in every edition since two thousand, falling damage has been one of the most dangerous <laughs> sources of damage. <laughs> you don't want to fall in this setting. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, so we've got like kind of that new band of heroes, right? We've got Ray and uh, Finn and Poe po and and so there's like kind of that new new BB-8. generation yeah there's always the droids right yeah i i think you know from a gaming perspective there's almost not enough current canon to really play in that without really just making it up yeah i've seen a lot of people sort of take old info and then just sort of like advance it quote unquote 30 years yeah, right? like yeah. what could it potentially look like let's just give it some better stats yeah exactly 
Um, but so in addition to, you know, just that movie canon, you've got dozens of comic series, you've got novels, other Star Wars stories. And is the Tartakovsky Clone Wars, like the animated one, is that still canon? Yeah. So anything that is a story post Disney acquisition is canon. So uh, that was post Disney. It it was. Yeah. Well, it's a Disney product. So that helps. Good. Because that one was amazing. So Clone Wars and Rebels are both canon and actually great inspiration for how to tell smaller Star Wars stories. You know, the ones that aren't saving the universe or saving the galaxy, but are just like what it's like to be in the Rebel Alliance fighting against the Empire or what it's like to be part of the losing side of the Clone Wars. But then you've also got, uh, you mentioned earlier, the Legends canon, which is the old expanded universe, which has uh, hundreds of things. And most of them are trash, but some of them are kind of cool. And some of those characters are being re-canonized. So, like, uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn, uh, the blue human. Yeah. Uh, blue, blue man. <laughs> yeah, the blue man. He blew himself. Oh, uh, great. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I wanted to go with that. <laughs> the brilliant tactician and uh, and Sherlock Holmes character of the Empire is now recanonized in Rebels, for example. So he's a he's like a, a cool NPC to kind of square off against, right? Um, but then you've got the Legends canon icons of like Thrawn, Mara Jade, who uh, was working for Vader, and then no, became... no, no, it was the Emperor's hand. Oh, working for Sheev for Sheev directly, yeah, uh, and then defeated Thrawn basically. And then uh, is it canon yet that like you know she turns to the good guys and marries luke yeah 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 that's okay. well that's a legends canon that's how it turned out uh which follows the sort of typical path of if you have a character that is supposed to be a badass but just really isn't coming across that way marry them off to a hot redhead have it work for aquaman <laughs> and luke skywalker fair enough <laughs> well if she likes him he must be a badass i mean that's true she is by far the most confident jedi like, oh yeah like, she's way better at being a jedi even before like when she loses her force powers <laughs> like, but uh then you also have corin horn who is michael stackpole's like x-wing ace pilot turned jedi who's uh what terrible at what telekinesis I don't remember. I didn't. I didn't actually read his character far enough into his Jedi training because that stuff is stupid. Just cut this. We're geniuses and we know it all. <laughs> all right. So now that we have thoroughly, thoroughly covered everything anyone needs to know about Star Wars, uh, what are some of the themes that games played in this setting are going to encounter? Uh, religion and magic, and the intertwining of those two things. Yeah, I do like that. You can get into these very deep philosophical arguments where neither side is necessarily right even though actually sort of canonically yeah the jedi are correct so that's you almost can't have that debate because the the like the canon says jedi are right but all practical philosophy like all real world philosophy clearly shows that sith is the more practical path well i think it also like people in the setting say the jedi are right right but if you look at what happens oh yeah they're awful they're awful people pretty obviously the jedi aren't right i mean the, the sith aren't right like oh haha it's slavery and tyranny yeah like, that's also dumb nobody's got it yet <laughs> it's, it's almost like how you use magic is not an indicator of how good of a person you are huh like it's it's almost like there's a human element to that too or at least a alien element it's almost like the force is a dick <laughs> 
Well, so there is a whole mythos around the Force as well. Uh, I think that came through in Clone Wars. Um, there's episodes about the father and son and daughter, whatever, about how the oh, right. Force and all that stuff. And then you've got like the Force witches on Dathomir and all that nonsense. Uh, motherfucker, that's Abeleth, right? That's a word that I've heard in Star Wars. Uh, which is also... Uh... A D and D monster, yeah, cre- <laughs> a creepy, creepy D and D monster. <laughs> that's usually what I think of for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mean, that's something that you can also play with, um, though obviously not my area of focus for Star Wars, because uh, I prefer to get into the theme of high action adventure. Almost, yeah, it's almost swashbuckling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like right. stormtroopers never hit anything. Yeah, think in A New Hope, like. Luke and Leia are standing on one side of like yet another shaft that goes down into infinity. Mm-hmm. He literally takes out a freaking grappling hook, right? Uh, swings it to the other side, and they swing across while they're being shot at. Like that's that's a pirate's game. Yeah, and then the Indiana Jones music plays in the background. I believe. <laughs> dun, da, da, dun, dun, da, da. Right, and then the the blast doors close, but he reaches in and grabs his hat at the last second. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yep, yeah, that, that was Star Wars, definitely. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, and the fight scenes, are, they're they are like that, right? They're big and they're dramatic and they're contrived. And, um, you know, they're not tactical. It's not about, like, directing troops. It's about, like, charging in with a plan that's forming <laughs> and improvised and, like, making the best of it. Right? Yeah, they're always up against impossible odds. Yeah, like, think of the, uh, the Snowspeeder battle in the Battle of Hoth. <laughs> <laughs> like they send the snow speeders out against the ATATs, the 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 giant. Because why walkers. not? You know, right. they have no idea how they're going to destroy them. They go out there with no plan, and then somebody's like, "Wait, we have these tow cables." Like, well, that's fortunate. Like, also, we have Luke Skywalker. Yeah, I, also fortunate. I, you know, it's like I, I, we can't shoot them down, and we knew it, <laughs> but we're out here, so we might as well try something else. <laughs> We have grenades, but no way to get them inside. <laughs> Hold on, one person has a lightsaber. Yeah. The point is, it should be exciting. It shouldn't be, like, hard logic, right? That, that's what makes fights in Star Wars iconic and exciting. Mm-hmm. And then we hinted on it a little bit. There's also very black and white morality. You know, Jedi are good. Sith are bad. You know, evil is cackling. And uh, good people are austere and, like, unrelentingly disciplined. Yeah. I like to sort of play against that in-game because I think normally you have people who want to play characters who are like really the jedi seem kind of like weird and annoying and like the council is very difficult to deal with i just want to like smuggle with the huts well i think that's why in the ffg line anyway the edge of the empire is the most popular of the series because you've got moral gray area to play in you know and like there is the whole like scum and villainy element of the galaxy Mm -hmm. with smugglers and and with bounty hunters and all that the the criminal element right um, they're just not focused on in the spotlight of the movies. Yeah, I find the stories I like to hear or play in Star Wars are probably less centered around like a group of Jedi in the temple. Yeah, you know, navigating the that kind of bureaucracy, and more like we're a group, and there's a Jedi thrown in with us. How are they dealing with us? How are we dealing with them? Yeah, I, I would go one further. We're a group. No Jedi. There's no Jedi. <laughs> I did hear about this concept for a game, which I thought was amazing, but super hard to pull off, which was the 13th warrior and where um, it's one Jedi who is being escorted by 12 Mandalorians. 
Oh, interesting. Ugh, Mandalorian culture though is so annoying though. Like I, I feel like you get such a if you if you have chance to make real decisions as a Mandalorian. I think if you have if you're like separated as a group, but you have players who are sort of like committed to like playing out the Mandalorian ethos all together as like we like this is the family unit here. Yeah, it can be fun. Yeah, I, I oh, yeah, I feel like you'd have to almost like be separate clans on Mandalore so that you could have different like different ethos that could come into conflict. You know what I mean? Because like the the Mandalorians are just the warrior cast, right? Like all they're gonna do is fight. Yeah, I think it needs to be like a a game of attrition, just like Thirteenth Warrior, where it's yeah, like okay, yeah. we're up against a horde, right? Right, and they're just gonna wear us down until like. We all die, basically. Right. Yeah. So, so going back to our themes, um, there's lots of aliens. Oh my god, oh, there's so many aliens. Oh, yeah. There's an alien for every purpose, and then some without purpose. <laughs> like, right. And they're just like, oh, they're exactly like a human, but like tiny bit different, or nothing like a human can't breathe oxygen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like those, uh, the space whales. Those are my favorite aliens. <laughs> <laughs> that episode of Rebels where they're just like. Every ship captain in the galaxy like shoots them, and they hate hate ships. And then like Ezra freaking Bridger figures out that oh no, if you don't shoot them, they're not mean. Like, Kid show, yeah. <laughs> and there's you know tons of iconic aliens. Not even getting into the obscure stuff. Like just just look at how many different costumes are on screen in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the like most beloved characters are weird. Aliens like Chewbacca. Chewbacca can't speak, yeah, <laughs> or even like Jabba the Hutt. That's insane. That's crazy. He's a, he's a giant slug. Yeah, space slug. Yeah, genius slug. Hmm. I don't know. Oh, oh, you could outsmart Jabba. Okay, Shane can outsmart Jabba the Hutt. I mean, you get choked to death by your own chainmail <laughs> bikini. Like I, I don't know what to do. He's distracted. Is it's a distracting outfit? Uh huh. It's brilliant. <laughs> And then, of course, there is basically um, a technology that is so advanced it may as well be magic. Like hyperdrives. Hey, we can cross an entire galaxy in mm, a couple weeks. Yeah. Maybe less. We can also turn measures of distance into measures of time. <laughs> Look, that was explained. All right. Yeah, sure. Castle Run. It wasn't actually explained. I actually kind of hate that that became canon in episode seven. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then you have things like uh, shield generators. Which don't make any sense. And then always, like, they're always, like, dealing with how to divert power in their systems, right? Like, that's that's a very iconic piece of Star Build Wars more fights. batteries. Yeah, but that's that's it, right? It's, it's like, divert power here, divert power here. Like, <laughs> just get more power. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, the weapons are crazy. Like, you've got blasters and turbo lasers, and you've got proton torpedoes, and uh, what are they? Uh... Thermal detonators and, and all these different things. Arm-mounted flamethrowers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wrist, wrist-mounted missile launchers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, which really pale in comparison to all of the various super weapons that run around through Star Wars. Everything from, like, you know, lightsabers themselves, which just don't give off heat until they hit things. The Death Star and, and all those types of things. Starkiller base. Uh, the Star Destroyers themselves are pretty insane in terms of you know, although a bit of a misnomer can't destroy stars no no uh but they are like space shark ships yeah which is yeah. rad i mean they can glass a planet 
Yep. Like they're certainly capable of in 40k parlance an exterminatus. Oh, definitely. Uh, then you've also got clones. Clones play a big part. They're they're kind of like no longer used in the like imperial age, but they were obviously an important part of the old republic because of the clone wars. Yeah, there's a lot of like high level biotechnology. You, know, oh, yeah. you, you can easily reincorporate a, a cybernetic limb replacement that like looks and functions exactly like an actual arm. Or you can die of frostbite in yeah. <laughs> like in an ice cave <laughs> and then you know get resuscitated in a, in a bacta tank. tank. Yeah. yeah, whatever that is. Right. <laughs> it's plot armor. <laughs> uh, and then all of this is facilitated by droids, which is the term for robots. But they're extremely advanced, like artificial intelligence is basically human. They have what approximates emotions. and, and Yeah, heuristic processors that are far more advanced than, to go back to Star Trek, like they, that are indistinguishable from having actual emotions as opposed to someone like Data, who's like, I'm just not sure how to process this thing you call fear. Yeah, and I, I mean, just goes to show you that it's inevitable. They all develop snark. Yeah. Like that's like the first thing that droids in Star Wars develop. Like when that's they why come you have to mind wipe them regularly. <laughs> yeah, so they stay yeah. compliant. Yeah. <laughs> I actually always love the theme of droid liberation. Like playing a droid who's like, no, we're exactly like you. Yeah. But you can't really say that out loud because you'll just get mind wiped. Yeah, I mean that's the droids and clones both yeah. represent those kind of underclasses of the Star Wars universe that I think there's a there's a, a lot of themes to mind there in responsible ways. Or irresponsible ways. It's often played for comedy. Well, yeah, fair enough. Haha, <laughs> you're a living, thinking thing, but since you're a robot and can survive in the vacuum of space, I'm just going to delete your brain. Yeah, or, um, <laughs> I mean, Han Solo's treatment of C-3PO is like, if that were a person, like, <laughs> like if, if, if C-3PO had a pulse, you know, I mean, like, we wouldn't <laughs> think that was funny. Right. <laughs> okay, so we talked a bit about how there are tons of aliens, but let's run through a bit of it because there's a general set of star wars species that are typically played in rpgs yeah sort of your uh your sampler pack if you will mm -hmm. uh so naturally you got humans who are freaking everywhere there are a lot of places yeah for sure and they're uh as in most sci-fi settings written by humans uh yeah. they tend to be the center of attention yeah you've got wookies uh which are seven feet tall covered in fur can't vocalize uh, the common language basic, but are really good with both ranged and melee weapons. And super good with technology. Yeah, I actually forgot about that. But yeah, they're always yeah. working on something. Uh, then you have Rodians, who are like a a hunter race of bug people. Yeah, but always making uh, duck face. Yep. 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 And uh, sticky fingers. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Uh, you have the Twi'leks, who are... Up, th they're, yeah. they're weird. I, I mean... They're they're canonically the most sexy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but that's what their that's what their head tails are for. That's what the leku are for, right? They're like a sex organ. <laughs> and I think also like give off heat on their desert planet. Oh, I guess <laughs> great. That's that's how I want to radiate heat yeah. from my junk <laughs> on your head. Yeah, my head junk. Um, you know, evolution was just like let's put all the important stuff in one place. <laughs> yeah, whatever. And they've kind of got a weird sort of thing where they're either well-respected and like that sort of negotiator as reader of of emotion or they're like sex slaves yeah literally right? a pole dancer yeah yeah or yes worse certainly yeah 
So that's like uh, they've got that awful dichotomy. Um, it's kind of built into their culture. Yeah, like when Leia was dressed in the gold bikini, she was dressed like a Twi'lek. Yep. Uh, then you have the Mon Calamari, who I still think uh, have the worst just, name. It's, no, it's, it's terrible. <laughs> like, like and, they didn't even like they could have just said <laughs> Squid People. Like, yeah, and like that's the name of the planet too. Yeah, <laughs> which they share with I think Octopus People. Uh, Quorum, I think. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's uh that's your Admiral Akbar. It's a trap, uh, and they're uh, like, they're the pragmatic but upstanding warrior race, right? Like mm-hmm. they're they were kind of forced into conflict by the Empire, uh, and proved to be like masterful, basically naval commanders, right? Uh, they they basically control the rebellion fleet. Yeah, they're basically like the general race. Yeah, yeah, um, but they've got sort of a, a racial hatred of or not hatred but distrust of people who aren't devoted to their cause so like the worst thing to a Mon Cal is like if you meet them on the battlefield there's like a respect but if you're playing both sides against the middle you're the worst so they hate smugglers they hate bounty hunters they hate that sort of criminal element who doesn't well I mean all of us basically (laughs) (laughs) uh then there's Bothans the like white furred ape people who are like i always thought they looked more like dogs okay i can buy that yeah they die they die a lot uh well they die for the second death star plans (laughs) so goodness knows the the internet forgot it was the second death star yeah and and again in, in the very like star wars style they're the race of spies which why does that race hang out with each other they're just spying right you know they they just have a genetic predisposition to love in subterfuge yeah, yeah right that's, that's the thing they're schemers right yeah. i mean they're they're just that's their culture is scheming so they're all about discovering information and leveraging right it. look it's not racism that's their culture yeah. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of there's also the Trandoshans. yes <laughs> who are giant lizard folk yep. who hate the wookies and have super long forearms and can regenerate body parts mm-hmm that all, that's all they really do, right? Well, yeah, I mean, they're, they're really hard to kill. They're, they're the hunter. They yeah. they hunt Wookies, right? That's kind of their thing. But they're uh, they're all the most dangerous prey. <laughs> <laughs> they're all about that like blood sport kind of where where uh, Rodians, I think, are like tracker kind of hunters, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're they they hunt for food. Like I think Trandoshans take it to the the next level of like we hunt to prove everything, right? They're the predator. That's yeah, yeah. Do they really need to split up the ranger into multiple? <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of rangers, uh, let's talk about the classes of Star Wars. So obviously this depends on which particular RPG you're playing, but it's your traditional sci-fi types, right? You've got the one who flies the ship. The, yep, there's definitely pilots. Uh-huh. Uh, you've got your wizard monks, your Jedi. Mm-hmm. you got the one who shoots things, soldiers or like fighter combatants. Yep, and then you've always got like your swashbuckler kind of... Uh... Rogue scoundrel. Yes, yeah. they're, they're always called scoundrel, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you have your uh, negotiators or diplomats. Yep. And some uh, systems are called noble. Yeah. And then you have like the, the the technically inclined characters as well, like sort of the the fixers on the ship or um, the tinkerer kind of characters as well. And, and a lot of times those are the droid builds. Yeah. Um, and then slicers is the other thing we haven't really talked mm-hmm. about. There's Which is what the, what Star hacking. Wars calls hackers. Yeah. yeah. Though in in Star Wars, that's also like kind of a cool thing is that 
because slicing happens by plugging into a physical terminal that has to be within like a few meters of the the computer like there's no wi-fi and there's there's no cabling so like you basically have to plug directly into the computer so unlike in like shadow run or or modern kind of hacking themes you have to be on location to do the hacking so no hiding in the van yeah so you've got to you've got to actually be able to infiltrate or fight your way in or or do those sorts of things so they're a much more active build than uh, or, or more active archetype than in many games. Mm-hmm. With Star Wars classes, uh, there's a big dichotomy between different RPGs. In, in a lot of them, sort of traditionally, the class that you played basically determined how good or effective you were going to be. Right? Like in a lot of Star Wars games, if you're a Jedi, you're just going to be better because the fiction sort of like indicates that Jedi are just better. Yeah. So if you are running a game in Star Wars, what are some uh, plot hooks that you can base a game around? Because there's just so much you could choose from. Well, that's one of the nice things about FFG's Star Wars is that each of the games kind of comes ready built for that, right? So if you want to play around with executing missions in support of the Rebellion, well, then you can play Age of Rebellion. If you want to be uh, a smuggler who's trying to make it on the Outer Rim, you go play Edge of the Empire. And if you want to learn about the force and all be wizards then you play force and destiny when i was thinking about you know what's the next like sort of short campaign that i want to run i actually ended up coming up with a game idea for each of those three mini systems yeah first one was just a firefly game so i (laughs) ignore that for edge of the empire because that's perfect second one was an x-wing squadron yep playing in in age uh, of rebellion Rebellion. yep yeah and then third one was uh, it would take place. It was Force and Destiny taking place right after Order sixty six. You know the vast majority of Jedi have been killed. So, so Order sixty six was this the secret command that all the clones had yeah, ingrained in with. them. Yeah, to murder the Jedi that they were assigned to. And for some reason that worked really well. The, yeah, <laughs> uh, except for all the Jedi they missed. Yeah, uh, it would happen uh, right after that. Um, a group of four Padawans who are like being mentored by a Jedi master, right? They're not Jedi masters yet. So low level Jedi, Uh, their master's killed and they're on the run from the empire trying to escape. They can use their force powers, but if they do openly, then it's quite possible. They're just going to get killed by stormtroopers or like Vader himself will show up or sold out, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So why discuss star Wars? I mean, literally everybody who's listening probably knows more about Star Wars than we do, right? <laughs> like, because it's it's extremely popular. So why even talk about right. it? At TPT Cast for uh, all of your corrections. Yeah, and if you want to get into a new canon versus old canon correction, uh, I'm out. <laughs> I'm just responding with Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, hashtag no nerd shit. <laughs> but yeah, so I think Star Wars is a great entry game into role playing games yeah. for for new geeks so everyone has some basis of star wars right at this point like if you grew up after 1970 you know something about star wars so it it gives you a lot of that canon to kind of reach into your mind and pull out so that you understand what's going on you're not having to learn a whole lot about the setting Um, you can just start playing the game and you can easily say oh i want to be like that character from that movie okay so i'll build that character in the game and then you can you can do that Mm -hmm. at the same time it's a really great game for old geeks i have actually thought that if i ever wanted to get my father into role-playing games and he's like in his mid-60s it would have to be a star wars game like you know because he saw the original in the theaters in 77 
when he was like 30. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and there's so much source material. So there's a lot to like dig into, right? If you if you really want to get into Star Wars. Then there are plenty of protagonists who have really compelling stories that you can either play as or you can emulate or mine for your own character stories. It, or just, you know, uses that inspiration to remember that like there's more stories going on in Star Wars than just trying to destroy the Death Star, mm-hmm. right? There's there's plots that aren't related to the Death Star at all. Yeah, I love the idea of breaking into a hut palace, uh, which is sort of kind of what Leia and Luke did, mm-hmm. but, you know, hopefully being successful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Shane, the question we always ask at the end of this series, would you play a game set in Star Wars in the galaxy far, far away? I have played a game set in Star Wars, and I would play it again. Would you run one? Uh, yeah, I think I would, um, especially with the FFG Star Wars. Mm. I don't know that I wouldn't necessarily run it in an older game because I don't want to learn rules. Learn one. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I like I like Star Wars, but I don't love it enough to like go through all that stuff, you know. <laughs> so yeah, I think it helps to have a group of players who like know the canon well enough, but are willing to let things go. Yeah, I wouldn't run. I wouldn't play with strangers. I would only play with people I trusted. (laughs) How about you? Uh, Yeah, I've played in Star Wars games. Um, I haven't run one yet, but I've been planning several for uh, a long time. And I think I would definitely run Fantasy Flight's recent stuff. But if I had a group of like experienced players who sort of knew what they were doing and were willing to sort of like put in the technical work i would run a star wars saga game because that is like well balanced it's fully encapsulated there's no new material coming out i know it really well um but it's very very crunchy yeah yeah i probably would not want to play star wars saga to be honest Uh, yeah i I, I think you probably wouldn't i need more freewheeling than that i got a build for you but yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right do you hear that ishan uh that's the sound of me building you a tech-focused melee wookie well then let's move on to the it's character. great because you can't speak <laughs> i would like to point out that uh that is not uh, a star wars sound generator that's actually shane and also you've got like nine days of beard right now i do <laughs> you can tweet at shane at Mundangerous, that's M-U-N Dangerous. And you can tweet at Ishan, at Evil Sans Carne, that's Malice Minus Meat. And you can tweet at the show, at TPT Cast. You can also email us if you can't fit it into 140 characters, at TotalPartyThrill at gmail.com. And you can find us on the web at www.TotalPartyThrillCast.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram, at TotalPartyThrill. All right, we're going to race to the finish with this character creation forge, partially because we're probably running long, but also because... This one doesn't deserve a whole lot of our time. Hey, April Fools, everybody! <laughs> Couple days early, we decided <laughs> to build a George Washington. That's right, from the uh, historical video. Uh, yes, I believe this is where I learned most of what I know about George Washington. All of it is true. Uh, by Brad Neely from the early 2000s. It's like one of the first cool things on the internet. Yeah, there's a link in the show notes if you don't remember this or you've never seen it before you should go watch it right now and then see what a good job that we did yeah and uh unlike us it is not censored <laughs> so <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i think our censors are gonna be working overtime for this build <laughs> yeah so what is the build george washington is a chaotic evil i like it evoker wizard 17 okay moon druid 2 
Uh-huh. Monk one. All right. Let's start with a wizard yeah. and then right. keep going through. I love that you came up with this one. He's an evoker wizard. Why, Shane? Uh, because the evoker gets sculpt spells, ah. which means he can save the children, but not the British children. <laughs> All right. Wizard also gives him a bevy of other spells like enlarge reduce, which explains why he's six foot eight and weighs a ton because enlarge doubles your dimensions in all sizes and increases your weight by eightfold yep uh, also explains how we can get a pocket full of horses makes sense tiny horses tiny little horses that's right he holds an opponent's wife's hand in a jar of acid at a party yeah obviously he has either absorb elements or protection from energy one of those mm-hmm. i believe women dug his snuff mm-hmm. and, also his gallant stroll and he invented cocaine so to me, that sounds like an int charisma build. I, I absolutely agree. Wizard, high intelligence, just pump up that charisma as well. Yep. So he rode a horse made of crystal. Perhaps a phantom steed made of crystal. The spell does say it can look like anything that you want. Mm-hmm. He, he threw a knife into heaven, and obviously that's just simply plane shifting to Mount Celestia and like tossing a dagger. No big deal. Yeah, that seems easy. Mm-hmm. And eye bite allows him to kill with a stare. At the end of it, he becomes 12 stories tall and made of radiation, which I, I like that you figured out how to do this. <laughs> there are not... The Monster Manual doesn't list like how big things actually are in feet. Yeah, but we got to get to 120 of them. That's so right. And even Storm Giants are only 26 feet tall. The Tarrasque is 50 feet tall. However, at 17th level of Wizard, you get the Shape Change spell, and you can turn into a CR-16 Storm Giant Quintessent. Which is a living storm, <laughs> which is, I guarantee, at least 120 feet tall and as close as you can get in D&D to being made of radiation. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, he also made the present and future beware. How did he do that? Uh, foresight. Ah, yes. Ninth level spells. Yeah, we got plenty of them. <laughs> so Monk is in there because it, he needs to be able to kick you apart. Yep. Uh, kick you apart. Ooh, and you can't kill your sensei in a duel unless you had a sensei. But note that it's not something a first level monk could do, but the traitorous disciple that comes back and kills the sensei always like begins monk and then multi-classes to something else and then comes back. Yeah, he definitely got like kicked out of the uh, introductory class to karate and then came back later. That's right. <laughs> I'll show you uh, Living Storm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And then we have two levels of Moon Druid. Mm-hmm, because at level two, he can now fuck the shit out of bears. Great. As a bear. <laughs> As because a Because it's really inappropriate to suggest that the father of our country uh, was into bestiality. He would only have sex with a bear if he, if were, he were a, a bear. bear. Right. Now, his alignment. He uh, once ate his opponent's brains and, of course, will save children, but not the British children. Yeah. I'm afraid that that points to chaotic evil. Yeah, but, like, with a heart of gold. Oh, oh, yeah, obviously. And, you know, cannot tell a lie. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, I did chop down that cherry tree and ate their brains. I probably have Kuru. Can you get Kuru from eating the brains of a cherry tree? Uh, Because this is a joke that is past its prime, I don't think we're going to even pretend to do character ideas for this one. Let's just escape. <laughs> <laughs> and beg for reviews. <laughs> yeah. 
So if uh, even despite all of this April Fool's Day whimsy, you would still like to support the show, the easiest way to do that is to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. And if you're willing to help us out, we will read your five-star review on the air. You can also find us on Stitcher. It's like a Pandora for podcasts. If you like or favorite us there, the algorithm will help other people find us. All right, what do we have planned for next week's episode? We are talking about playing with minions, pets, and companions. And in the Character Creation Forge, we are building the one-man band. Well, that's it for episode 87 of Total Party Thrill. I hope we've lived up to our name, but either way, I'm Shane. And I'm Ishan. Thanks for listening. Look, I see your Grandmaster Luke, and I raise you, Locutus of Borg. Uh, okay, I see the entire... I, I mean, even if we look at the worst set of movies, the 90s, obviously, yes, uh, in either franchise, Star Wars is still better. I mean, The Phantom Menace is better than any single Star Trek movie that's come out since uh, 1990. Oh, no, absolutely not. Oh, sorry. I didn't like that Chris Pine Star Trek nonsense. Oh, neither did I. The J.J. Abrams crap. <laughs> Terrible, actually. So what Awful. are you, you going to give me Star Trek Insurrection? 1990. No, no. Uh, okay, Generations was not particularly good. Okay. Um, but First Contact was excellent. Oh, that did come out after that. All right, yeah, fine. After 1997. Did. Also, I think uh, Undiscovered Country came out after uh, 1990. 1997, you might be right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, get, I'm getting rid of those early 90s movies then. <laughs> Screw this. Post-1995, right? Because First Contact was probably like 94. Now now we're going to have to look it up. Yeah, don't okay. fact check this. <laughs> uh, it... First Contact was the last good Star Trek movie. Okay, Period. Fine. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, then we can go into TV shows, and obviously the uh, Ewok Christmas special is better than any Star Trek TV show, hands down. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it does. Um, and then, of course, you have uh, Rebels, which is just incontrovertibly better than anything with um, uh, the fuck boy who does tabletop. I don't, I don't We're going to have to edit understand. that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking Probably about. shouldn't say fuckboy. <laughs> Probably also shouldn't uh, say it about Will Wheaton. There's, there's going to be way more box later <laughs> in this episode when we get to George Washington. Right. Will Wheaton is fine. Okay? He, he seemed fine. Uh, I, I will pit the third and fourth season of Enterprise, which... I will admit, is actually the lower on the totem pole of Star Trek seasons uh, against any Star Wars TV show that has come out ever. I, I mean, this is a little bit silly because we're we're comparing a kid, like only kids programming <laughs> against a legit, you know, sci-fi live action. Did you just admit that Star Wars is only for kids? Yes, it is. All of Star Wars. All of Star Wars. I agree with you. Okay. So is Star Trek, by the way. What? No, Star Trek. Well, actually, yeah, you know, I was raised by Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, like, the, I have morals because of Star Trek. The recruiting period for both of these franchises is sub fourteen, not unlike Warhammer Forty K. Oh, being honest. fair, yeah. yeah. What does that say about me though? Because I only got into Forty K like five years ago. Yeah, it's fine. You didn't start smoking until you're twenty six too. Also true. <laughs> What's next? Tattoo at thirty. Great. <laughs> Oh, I've been, well, I'm way past 30. Yeah. <laughs> Tattoo at 40. Wonderful. Hey, I quit smoking by like 31, so. 
I didn't know that was true. I forgot that you smoked. <laughs> yeah, and I started at 26. Oh, oh, well, nailed it. <laughs> Cloves. All right, anyway. Missy buddy. Uh, Star Wars, that thing we're talking about today. Mm. 